You're listening to the Heather Duplessis Allen Drive podcast from Newstalk ZB. Heather Duplessis Allen. Right, the government's got a plan to help hospitals cope with the winter load. They're giving pharmacies and AMBO teams permission to do more to deal with minor ailments. Aisha Verrill is the health minister. Hello, minister. Hi, Heather. So what kind of thing are you going to give permission to the pharmacies to be able to deal with? Yeah, overall, this winter plan helps us empower clinicians to do more in the community so that people are kept out of out of hospital and have better access to care. Uh, for, in the case of pharmacies, we're rolling out a plan started in Lower Hutt where they are able to uh, consult on and treat some minor ailments, things like scabies and lice, for example, where a medicinal treatment is needed for that for some people, uh, they'll, they'll be able to get a consultation in the pharmacy and, and the treatment for free. And AMBOs, uh, how is this going to work? Are they going to be able to just call up a senior doctor and basically deal with it themselves rather than, than taking the person to ED? That's right. So in certain situations, they might be able to get advice from an, a senior uh, doctor that the patient is safe to um, uh, remain where they are, not need the long trip into, into hospital and get some other treatment there on the scene uh, so that, um, that an unnecessary trip to hospital is avoided, provided it's safe. Um, the telephone consultations which you're expanding, that's designed to lift the pressure off GPs, is it? That's right, but it also makes care more convenient. And one of the things that's really um, uh, in my mind here is we know already that 10 or 15% of New Zealanders don't uh, forego care that they would otherwise get through a GP, either because it's too expensive or perhaps they um, can't get there because they're working people and the GP closes in the evening. Mm. So these alternative systems are really important for promoting people's access and keeping them well. Now, I see that you're going to allow people access to services like intravenously delivered antibiotics in the home. How, how does that work? I mean, are you expecting people to, to put the drip in themselves or is somebody going to no, come around no, and do it? not at all. Yeah, so I used to run one of these hospital in the home clinics when I was an infectious diseases doctor. Generally, someone would come to hospital that'd be really unwell, would do all the scans, tests, get them started on their treatment, would see them settle down in terms of, um, you know, they'd they'd be less sick, they'd feel well, be able to walk around the ward. At that point, if they had another week or two to go on their antibiotics, would send them home with daily visits from a a district nurse who'd administer the antibiotics and keep a check on them in case anything, like they got a... um, allergic reaction and uh, if that happened then they'd alert me by phone and would bring them back into hospital. So it's a very safe system being rolled out more widely. Okay so how much do you think this is going to reduce the ED um, congestion by and how much is it going to reduce hospital stays by? Yeah it's really hard to know because there's a lot of complicated factors that feed into hospital demand but I certainly expect we will reduce it compared to if we did nothing. Yeah. Uh, so it's really important to make sure we do these measures. And a lot of them, yep, we're doing them for winter. That's why we've made it urgent. But they're also just more convenient things we should do for people so they can get more care in their community. And one of the main reasons why we wanted the, um, why we did the health reform. Yeah. Okay. Listen, by the way, that, on that brouhaha with Shane Risi about the number of nurses who've actually left the profession in the last five years. Now, he says it was 19,000. You've got really upset about that. If it's not 19,000, What's the real number? Yeah, it's it's really challenging. Just like as is the case with uh, journalists here, we don't uh, keep a track of who leaves the country. Uh, what we did have data for was the number or who had left a job. But often after that, they um, they would have gone to other jobs in our health system, say at a different DHB or gone from the DHB into the into the community. 
So I was very clear with him in my answer to the written question. I didn't have the data that he wanted. I had this data. I explained its limitations, but he represented it. No, as no, no. I, look, he, I, he, can you not just take the number of nurses who left minus the number of them who were re-employed and give us that number? Uh, no, I don't believe we can, but we do have aggregate numbers of um, that reflect the number of nurses. The number in Te Whatua has gone up four thousand. No, look, I'm, look hold on a second. It's not a PR opportunity. We're just trying to get to the bottom of of the numbers. So let, let's just get this from you, right? We will never get the number from you, will we? Uh, we don't have that number. What we could do in the future is give all of the workers in Te Whatua a unique. Um, person number, but that is a big IT project that will take about 18 months to do. All right. Minister, thank you. Appreciate it. That is the Health Minister Aisha Vera. We'll go to the huddle very shortly straight after the break. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.